Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. In accident, he kills the man in the Santa suit, and he magically transports to the North Pole where he, uh, elves explain to him that he is the new Santa. So he's thinking that he's dreaming, but he's gaining all the weight. He's getting the beard. He's doing all of it, and he becomes Santa. And finally, what become an identity crisis, he actually accepted his new Role. You can say that Scott had an identity crisis in this moment where he was living one way and then out of nowhere, things change and changed his life for another way. One of the major things that I know in our society and in our culture right now is we're dealing with a major identity crisis, a major identity crisis. I'm not only talking about gender, race, social, economics, or financial identity crisis, but People are literally trading truth and revolving their identity around lives, a lies, and a lie lived over and over becomes truth in people's eyes when they're trying to seek true identity. But in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image, and, and, and in the image of God, he created him male and female. So our identity is not in what society and culture tells us. Our identity is in God. But there is an identity crisis that is not only affecting the culture, but is affecting our churches all as well. And here is we have to, as a church, as a community, we need to face this head on. And this is the identity crisis that we're dealing with. We are not what culture says we are. We are who God says we are. We are not what culture says we are. We are who God says we are. And it's hard to deal with this identity crisis. It's hard to deal with this identity issue and trying to live the original intent that God has intended us to live. But the reality is we need to understand to find true identity in Christ, we need to be less satisfied with culture and more satisfied with the creator. We need to be less satisfied with culture and more satisfied with the creator. Because if you're satisfied with the culture in things, culture changes, things change, but God never changes. And when we are living our identity in him, it is a solid rock that we can live on when culture is changing each and every day. See, Mr. Scott, when that day when he put that Santa suit on, he didn't know and what to expect as he put the suit on what his life was going to be, if his identity was going to be forever. But as believers, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. We know who holds tomorrow and our identity as we search the one true God in our identity as well. We need to know that the enemy is going to try to attack our identity in Christ. If we are aware of his attacks, we can know the tools to use against his attacks. So here's the reality check for everybody. Your identity in Christ is going to be attacked by the enemy. And we need to understand ways that we can use his word as we are trying to live this true identity in him. Didn't Adam and Eve have an identity crisis as well? I mean, they had everything perfect, but they lost who they were because they were seeking other things. So as we seek in life, we're going to be seeking things. It's not bad to seek things. But when it says 
to seeking is we need to seek first the kingdom of God, then all things will be added unto us. And then if we revive our life around that, our identity will be tacked in Christ Jesus. Today, I want to talk about a story that was brought to light as I was studying, and it was an attack of, the, of their identity, and they had to realize the effects of this attack. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 through 3. We're going to kind of be skipping through this chapter as we see the people of Israel now entering into a season where they're coming out of Egypt. They've been out of Egypt for a little bit here, and now God is telling them to walk into, to, to examine the promised land that he had for them. And I'll give you a little context here in just a minute. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 through 3. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send the spies out to Canaan, which is given to the people of Israel. For each tribe of their fathers shall send a man Everyone a chief among them, and Moses and, and, and Moses sent them to the wilderness of Paran, according to the commands of the Lord, all the men who were heads of the people of Israel. Now let me give you a little context here, okay? They just left out of Israel. This is about a year into their journey in the wilderness. So a year in, God is already giving them their eyes to see what he has promised them already. So a year into the journey, God says, I want you to send out these spies and these spies are going to examine the land. Not only do I want you to send people out, I want you to send high chief officials of every tribe. So these are not just normal me and you kind of people. These are like high officials. These are like the best of the best of each tribe. I want you to grab those people and I want you to send them out. So this is about a year's journey. The They already accepted. They worship a golden calf. They, they built a tabernacle. They dwelt in the presence of God. And now they're ready to enter into the promised land. One year of wandering of messing up and God forgiving them and God blessing them, and now they can enter into the promise. One year, keep that in mind. Now let's go to Num Numbers chapter 13, verse 17 and 20. It says, Moses sent them to spy out on the land of Canaan and said to them, go up to Negeb and go to the hill country and see what the land is and, what, uh, and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that, that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camped or strongholds, and whatever the land is rich or poor, and whatever there are trees in, in it or not, be good with courage and bring some fruit from the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe of grapes. So they're saying, hey, I want you, here's, the, here's the, the instructions you need to do. This is why we're trying to give you, we want to explore all these things for then us to get a good indication of what we are going to enter into. They're going to enter into, so they want to know how it all is. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13, verse 23, 24. And they came to the valley, they cut down from their, they cut, cut down from their branch, 
with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it into a pole between two of them. They also brought the pomegranates and figs and placed them into the valley of Shekol. Because of the cluster, the people of Israel cut them down from there. So let me tell you this. This was a major, major identity problem for these Israelite people. So now God is telling them, hey, you are Israel. That's their identity. You are Israel. Not only you are Israel, you are top officials of Israel from each tribe. So they should have a little bit of pride of themselves. They should know that they are the ones that are going to help the people of Israel who were just stuck in bondage, who were just stuck in all these 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 um, slave things, and now they're in the wilderness, and now these high officials who should know better, who should have a little knowledge of themselves, they said, hey, I need you to go into this land, examine it, and give us report back to us. See, here's the thing. The major identity problem in our culture is not what culture tells us, is what we tell ourselves. Our identity problem, not most of the times what others say, which that has a problem, but what we tell ourselves. I mean, the thoughts, the words, the action that we express to ourselves is somewhat downright nasty at times. How we speak to ourselves, how we speak to our future, how we speak to our kids, how, how we speak to what we think about ourselves. It's downright nasty at times. And why we wonder why we're dealing with an identity crisis is because truly we are downgrading our identity because we are downgrading our identity through what we say about ourselves and crush our process. I love this conversation in the Bible with, with Moses and these people. They should have pride of who they are. They are the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. The culture was God, that they were their chosen ones. And our identity, they need to operate in that identity. Man, we are God's chosen people. We can go in, we can go out because we know we have God on our side. And sometimes in their arrogance, they would think that they're better than other people. But in reality, that doesn't change their identity in Christ. Their identity in Christ was they are children of God. They're God's promised people. So if God said, go into that land, guess what? You better go into that land and God's going to protect you. If God said, hey, take this, God's going to be there with them. So they should have a little confidence of themselves as God has given them this instruction. And when we build our identity in truth, we operate in, in the battles in life in victory. But as we see these spies, they're identified the same way. Each and every one of them are called children of Israel. And multiple times, the leader Moses is even encouraging them to, to recognize who they are. He says, hey, what? Take courage. Know who you are. Remember who you are. It says, he, I'm giving you all these instructions. And as I give these instructions, hey, guess what? Take courage stand in victory. You are God's chosen people. So their identity was even reinforced and encouraged. So they should be walking into this town being, hey, we can take this thing right now. But guess what? He said, examine it. So then he said, examine the land. These are spies going into the land. When you think about a spy, what do you think about? Just name some things. Sneaky. Okay. Anybody else? Come on. Talk so the online people can know you, all right? Uh, oh, there's some things. Uh, hidden, right? Hidden. Someone in the background. Flexible, okay? Someone that is unnoticed. 
It's probably somebody hiding in the bushes with the binoculars. You know those kind of uh, That's what I think of a spy. Uh, somebody that it's in a van in the middle of nowhere with all these high-tech things and just looking at you. That's a, that's a spy to me, right? How about a person that is hidden, you know, scoping the land. But here is real, the men of Israel becoming a spy. And if you read the text, I feel like I, I kind of grew up reading this text thinking that the, the people of Israel are like on a mountain scoping out the land, just like walking around, just, just scoping. That's what a spy is to me. Like, you don't want to be seen. You just want to just make sure you get there and go, like black ops. Like, you go, I go. You know, like, you know, I'm, I'm, they're, they're spying the land. But if you read the text, they literally go to a place and they hang out in the midst of the land. They slept there. They ate there. They hung out there. They weren't the best of spies. <laughs> Matter of fact, this is the worst spying there is. Matter of fact, they're not only sleeping there, hanging out there, they stole their fruit. They're leaving their town with fruit. Read the Bible. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, they're just trying to be sneaky. You know, that one meme that, you know, the people going back in the bushes. No, that's not what they're doing. They're hanging out. They're sleeping for 40 days. They had a first experience of the promised land. They were just not there. They were 40 days of going in, going from town to town exploring the land to the matter of fact they got so comfortable in the land that they're walking out of the land with big clusters of grapes hey we'll see you in a couple days as we are coming to just devour you but these grapes are great this is what's happening they're in the town they're exploring everything's going on they see the land these are the promised people so this is the promised land that God has promised these people and these 12 spies are already experiencing the goodness of the promised land. So when I get back to town after 40 days, I got my souvenirs. I got my, I got, I got all the things. I got my grapes. You would think that they're coming back with, hey, it's time. Because these 40 days I was on vacation going to this town. Going this town, stealing this grape, eating this fruit, because it was so, it said the, the land was like milk and honey. It was great. It was amazing. This is what they were experiencing for 40 days. God chosen people. So their identity was God has chosen them. God is with them. And now these 12 spies are going into the land, exploring it and getting so many great things from it and now they had to go back to the they had to go back to their camp which was probably in the middle of the wilderness imagine doing imagine that this is how i think of in the bible is like i just was in the town eating up getting fat getting great and now i got to go back to the wilderness and tell these crazy people how great it is that's what's happening so they go back and you would think that they will go back and say, hey, right now, this moment, let's get going. But their tone of their report changed right away. 
Let's read in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30 and 33. Just giving little context. I'm getting somewhere, I promise, but I want you to get all of it so you understand that your identity needs to be in the creator of the universe. Because if not, your life will be shifted so fast by your thoughts. By your thoughts. So now we got context. God's chosen people, their identity is secure. Now we got these 12 spies that are supposed to go into the land. And now we know that they didn't just spy from behind. They were in midst of the people exploring the land, the chosen land that God is giving them. They come back with these grapes and they're chilling. Now they're giving report to the people. Numbers chapter 13, verse 33 and, 30, and 30, 30 to 33 says, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb knew who he was. Caleb knew who was behind him. Caleb knew his identity. Caleb knew that he was secure in Christ. The reason why you are unstable is you're not secure in Christ. Because Caleb knew that it was good on the other side. So we need to occupy the land. Verse 31 says, then the man, then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able, we are not able to go against the people for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land. And they said, as they spied out saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people there, we saw it and are great of height, they're giants. They are from, they saw the Nephilim and they're the sons of Enoch and they came from Nephilim. And we saw ourselves like grasshoppers and we seen to them as well. It's a very interesting turn of events here. They went with a mindset of victory. We are Israel and they came with an identity of defeat. What happened? What happened? See, there, the place where you, well, the place where you need to go and occupy that you just explored for forty days. Now you're scared to go back into the land where you were just there for forty days. Why? See, your identity can shift right away by the way you talk to yourself. What it was. It was such a line that they said here that we tell ourselves each and every day in different versions that diminish our identity in him. They said this, we are ourselves like grasshoppers, so we seem them. Because we seem like grasshoppers, they see us like grasshoppers as well. Because we look at ourselves as small Surely they look at us as small as well. Their identity changed by how they view themselves. And they couldn't even enter into the promise that God has given them. Because of what they said about themselves, they didn't know that the giants said that they're grasshoppers. It didn't say in the Bible, oh, they went to town to town and people called them grasshoppers. No, it said, we seem ourselves, read it, they put it up there. We seem to 
ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seem to them. They're saying, the thoughts we tell about ourselves when no one's looking around, what we view ourselves, of course other people are as well. And we live this lie each and every day. Where God is saying you are, that God saying God is with us and we say, no, we are alone. Where we say God, God is love, but it says we seem like we're unloved. Where God will be our provider, but it seems that God, that we are, we are all victims. It's the process of our mind thinking and identifying with truth, which what God has called us to be. See, God didn't call them grasshoppers. God called them the chosen people. God didn't call them what they, they're viewing themselves, but because what they view themselves now changed the perspective of a whole camp of people. I, I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm trying to be like Caleb and Joshua screaming at you from the mountaintops, telling you this, remember who you are. Remember who you are and remember what you can occupy by his grace. The world's getting crazier. And we need to have you understand who you are. Because if you don't understand who you are, you're going to be somebody that nobody knows. And you need to understand what you can occupy in the spirit. You need, you need to know what, 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 what words God speaks over your life, not what other people speak over your life. You need to know what God speaks over your life, not what your mind is trying to speak over your life. You need to understand that there's a confidence that you need to have when you're a child of God to say, hey, I am not, I am not the tail, I am the head. And it's not arrogance, it's just secure in my, in my identity in him. See, there's three things that went wrong that they... they that, they, that went wrong in this whole conversation as they were trying to find and identify who they are. Number one is your identity is attached to your declaration. Your identity is attached to your declaration. What did they say? We are small, they are big. We are small, they are big. It says we're like grasshoppers. Everybody say, I hate grasshoppers. Those things are they're nasty, actually. But they're small. They're small. God created them that way. Let me tell you something. In the, in the midst of culture trying to encourage you, maybe they're trying to diminish you. Because they can tell you one thing, but you can look at your surroundings and that's not it. Oh, quit your job and do this and do this and that's all great. But did God call you to do it? Oh, you need to leave this person because you need to find your self-care. Oh, that's great. Self-care is great. But did God tell you to do it? Because out of the will of God, if these people didn't get the instructions from God and just went into the land, they'd probably been devoured. But when God is operating in the middle of it, they walked the land for 40 days and they came back and give reports. Why? Because God's in the middle of it. 
When you're in the middle, when your identity is secure in him, whatever's around you might seem big, but I'm here to tell you what God is doing on the inside of you is bigger than what on, on the outside of you. What God has called you to do, what God has given you the purpose to do is bigger than every circumstance that can be thrown your way. The situation around you might seem big, but I'm here to tell you and encourage you as Caleb did, hey, you can occupy the land because God has created you bigger than your circumstance. Bigger than your circumstance. Be careful. See, because here's what happened. We see that God given them a promise, and then they started doing this. Oh, we can't because blank. Fill in the blank with your excuse. That's what they did. Oh, we can't because we're small. Oh, we can't because this. You were just there 40 days, and you came back alive. <laughs> you even brought the fruit to tell us. And now you can't? The other day, we're, we're, we're trying to do identity crisis with my daughter, okay? We're trying to figure this thing out, a life, all right? If you, if you have a daughter and they're older, please, I want, I want counseling because I don't know what to do, okay? Because she's a mess. I told her the other day, in this household, can't is not a word. It's a, it's a cuss word in this household. Can't, it, no. You, you say, I can't do it. Yes, you can. It's a cuss word. You say it, it's like you're saying a bad word. Because I want her to understand she can. She, she's more, because culture is, is, is telling, schooling and all this is telling her, oh, you can't because you have to be like this and this. No, 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 no. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You're more than an overcomer through. I want to put truth in her minds because there's so much craziness being thrown at her, even at a young age. I've been substitute teaching for a little bit here just because I I just want to be in the schools and love on kids and get a little bit of money. Bro, these schools are crazy. Some of the most, I've never been cussed out so much. I, it, it's bad. But this is where our kids are. So if we're not instilling truth in them right away, they're going to be sucked into a bunch of lies. That's why we need to secure our identity in Christ right away and be secure in that and confident in that because culture is coming fast and, 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 and things are coming fast and we can throw excuse after excuse after excuse. Oh, it's this and this and no, 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 no. You need to be secure in who you are. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat its fruit thereof. What you speak over your life is important. What you speak over your kids are important. What you speak over your job, over your over the things around you is important because life and death are where? In the tongue. And here, the chosen people of God, they just went, they just left Egypt in bondage and oppressed. And God threw all these plagues in their favor to get them out. And now, God is saying, go into what I promised you. And they're like, oh, we're grasshoppers. Out of all the animals, a grasshopper. That's how bad and low they thought about themselves. This is the chosen people of God. And we deal with this every day. The way we speak about ourselves. I, I, I was talking to... My, my nephew is in, in, he's in California, and his wife 
Um, they, they live over there now. Hopefully they get back here soon. I know they watch. Uh, we need you back. Um, but they're, they're doing great things over there. And I was talking to her name's Valeria and the other day and I, I'm, I, we pastored them and, you know, kind of talked to them. I'm usually the one kind of counseling them and telling them, you know, change your life, blah, 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 all that stuff. And the other day I was just, I was just venting. I, I, I can, me and Valeria, we're, we're like that. I'm venting to her and all that stuff. And she said, shut up. <laughs> I said, respect, sister, respect. No, she said, why are you speaking that stuff, that stuff over your life? She said, be careful what you speak because it's come, it'll come to pass. I said, number one, I'm the pastor here, all right? I tell you, no, I'm just kidding. But she checked me. You need people in your life to check you, to say, hey, what you're thinking is not of God. What you think of, what you just said about yourself is not of God. You need people to check you because we need people to help each other get our true identity in Christ secure. And in that moment, it checked me. And from this moment, I got her annoying voice in my mind, babe, don't say that over yourself. We need to speak some truth over our lives. Yes, it's bad all around, but you have the power of life and death in your tongue. How about this? Your identity is attached to what you see. See, they saw giants. They identified like grasshoppers, but God saw them as giant slayers. Yes, they're, you, do you think it was a surprise to God that there were giants in the, in the land? Like he knew where they're entering. It wasn't like, boo, giants. And God's like, oh, they got me there. Dang it. We can't occupy the land. Let's go to another land. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, and he knows everything in between. Do you not think that he knows the season you're going in? Does he not know that the things that you might, the obstacles that you might deal with? But he said this, hey, I'm still with you. So you need to have security in him to be like, hey, I might go into this. There might be obstacles around, but I know who has my back. I know who I identify with. I know where my strength comes from, and that's only from the Lord. So that's why you can go. You know when people say, how can you go through that situation that is so bad? It would have crippled me. I can go because I'm secure in the Lord to know that when I walk, he's there with me. And I'm secure in who I am, and I'm secure in what he's doing in my life. You need to remember Whose you are. You belong to the king. Your negative thoughts, they come, and these negative thoughts that the Israelite people had, they lost sight of victory in their life because of their thought process. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23 says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. This ain't talking about your bad eyesight. This is talking about what you see. What you see. Whatever you see illuminates or dims your identity you walking in. See, they, they, he saw giants, and instead of seeing giants and say, hey, we are Israel, no, it changed their perspective from what they saw. It made them feel like grasshoppers, and they lost the victory 
and lived in defeat. See, we need to speak the promises of God over our life and do not live in all the things we see because God is working things on the other side of what is now. And sometimes we can see all things around and we can be so discouraged. I get it. I'm not downgrading what you're dealing with, but I'm here to tell you, if you put your eyes only on the things you see and not God, you're only going to see the things that are being bad. Have you taken magnifying glass? and you put it, and you let the sun hit it in one area, what happens? It eventually starts burning, right? Because you are focusing on one thing. But if you take a magnifying glass and just go like this, what happens? It ain't going to burn anything. Because what you focus on is the thing that is really determining in your life. See, if you're focused on it all the time, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I'm this. Even though you're dealing with it, that's all you're going to think about. But if you say, hey, I'm dealing with it, I might have a bad day, but I know who I am. I know whose I am, and I'm going to continue to move forward in Christ. I'm going to move forward in my, listen, my feelings aren't going to determine my purpose. I'm going to move forward. Yes, it might hurt. Yes, they might have backstabbed me. Oh, yes, they might have the, yes, yes, yes. Hey, join the club. But guess what? That should not change your position in Christ. When life is hitting more, you should get in community more, not get away from church. It's crazy to me. When everything seems to go good, oh, just go into church today. But when everything's going bad, it's like, I don't need church. They're bad. No, no, no. That's where you need community most. That's why we're here. We need each other in the bad times and the good times. We need each other. We need to stop scouting the land and start possessing what he's given us. I choose, listen, that's the word. I choose to see victory even when defeat is around me because I know who I am. That's your identity in him. Last one is this. Your identity is attached to your faith. You have to have faith to know that God sent you and he will provide the way. God is saying the bridge between your call and your victory is your faith, is your faith. Between when he called you to your victory is your faith. And here the people of Israel lost faith in Christ. Joshua and Caleb didn't. They're like, hey, I saw, I, I hear what you said. I love how, how they say, hey, hey I, I was in the same land you did. We're all dealing with the same thing sometimes. It's perspective. One saw it in a way of victory, and the other saw it in the way of defeat. And usually the people of defeat start trying to get people around them to start being defeated together. What did he say? Uh, hurt people, hurt people. Miserable people want to get people around them to be miserable because they want to be validated with what they're dealing with. But usually people up here be like, hey, we can do it. We can do it. We don't got to crowd around us because it's hard. It's difficult. But it's hard to be like, oh, hey, I know. I was there. I saw him do that to you. And it just starts festering. That's what happened in the camp of Israel. Two people stood up, Joshua and Caleb, and said, we can occupy. Ten people started getting around other people and saying, hey, they're giants. Hey, we can't do it. And it started infecting everybody else. 
while Joshua and Caleb are, hey, we can do it. Yeah, they're giants. Yeah, it might be a little crazy. But do you know who you are? You are God's chosen people. Your identity needs to be in him. He got us out of Egypt. You don't think he can get us through giants? Giants into the eyes of God are grasshoppers. We can occupy the land. They lost their faith. Remember this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 said, but we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. They forgot who they were. We, we take hold of this through the Bible, through, through, we, we're, through what God did, but this was said to the people of Israel. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of God's special possession. What if those 10 would come in being like, hey, I'm a holy nation. I'm a chosen people. Royal race. I'm God's possession. They can see the circumstances, but still identify with victory. We're not crazy for identifying with victory because of circumstances. We just know who wins. We know who wins. Philippians chapter 1 through 6 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will, will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. We need to fight for our identity in Christ. That's why it says we need to put on the full armor of God. We need to put on the full armor of God. You can't just want a little peace on Monday and Tuesday and just be a little reckless on Wednesday and Thursday. That's too, that's too real. You can't be on Sunday being like, oh, God, I need this. God, I need you. I need you. But then on Wednesday, you just posting that thing that just doesn't flow with what you just said on Sunday. Stand tall. Don't live defeated. Because you serve a God that is not defeated. You serve a, a God that, that came to this earth in the form of a man through Christ Jesus died on the cross for you to have the confidence in saying, because of his sacrifice, I can walk up in victory in the circumstances around. I'm not going to lose who I am. I'm not going to lose my character. I'm not going to lose my identity. When things around me come about, I'm going to look, I'm not going to look at the things that I see around me and bring truth in them. Even though I got to deal with them, I know my truth is insecure in who God is. So my circumstances don't have to dictate my purpose. My circumstance doesn't have to dictate my, my movement. I'm going to move forward forward in Christ. Yes, it's all around, but I know who I am in Christ. We need to have people that are secure in their identity in Christ. Because if you're not secure in Christ, what are you secure in? You're secure in something. And then the people of Israel at this moment, it was defeat. We can't. We can't. Yes, you can. You are called by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As I close, in this new year, if there's a message that I want to give you, I said, is this, be secure in who you are in Christ in 2023. Don't look at the past anymore. God has already overcome. You can use that as your testimony, but you don't have to live there anymore. It's time to step up, buck up, and be who God's called you to be.
I, I, as I close, I, I love watching the World Cup is, is up right now, the soccer and all that stuff. You know, America lost, but with Argentina, Messi, okay? We're going for it. And you know how much pride they have in their country? For their grown men losing a soccer game, bawling their eyes out. Why? Because they, they're secure in who they are, and they're fighting for something. What are we fighting for? We need to have pride in ourselves to know that there's a God that died for us, but is not dead. He is alive. So we got to walk up and be like, hey, I'm called by Christ. I'm called by Christ. Everywhere I go, I'm called by Christ. And here's the thing. One year, God let them see the promised land. And because of 10 people's report of defeat, it took them 40 years to enter into the promised land after that. And the people that didn't give good report never entered into the promised land again. The 40 years God added to the one year. Imagine one year. If God said, hey, in one year, I'm going to give you that thing that you promised. But then he gives you a glimpse of it, and you're like, oh, it's not good enough. I can't. Then he's like, all right, see you in 40 years. Why 40? 40 years was the 40 days that they explored the promised land. God added that on top of the year that they were dealing with. You don't want to be in that cycle. God wants to give it to you now. God wants you to operate it in now. So my identity is I'm an overcomer. I'm, I live in victory. I am whole. I am complete. I am full of grace. God has given me grace. God has given me mercy. I can get up. I'm not the head. I'm not the tail. I'm not a grasshopper. You need to think that you are more. You can possess the land. God has got fruit for you better. God is, he wants to give you your identity in him. And when you're secure in him, man, the circumstances around us does not crush us because we know who holds our tomorrow. Amen? Be secure in who he is. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together. Thank you.